1: The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio.
2: Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Anton Tom Bettis with you. Taking your calls at 801 575 8255. And you can text us your questions at 57500. It actually was not John who sent the frowny face, by the way. Just want to clarify. Don't want to disparage John. He might like radishes. Um, we did have another listener ask, though, what about beets? Can I plant beets now?
1: You can and maybe get <laughs> the, the Greenhouse Show.
2: We liked so, it so much. We played you know, it again.
1: Yes, and mm-hmm. it's all good. But the beets, they may be able to get some beet greens, but I don't know that they would mature the beets enough to get the actual beets themselves. Now, if they wanted to cover them later on this year with... A low tunnel with plastic, like the clear plastic mm-hmm. on it, to extend the season another three or four weeks. They may be able to get some beets.
2: Beet greens are delicious. Let me say that.
1: Yes, they are the same species. In fact, Swiss chards and beets are the same species. It's just that the Swiss chard doesn't develop a root to it, the mm-hmm. tuber thingy, and so the tuber thingy. It, in any that's an official horticultural term <laughs> okay. anyway it's actually not a tuber but we'll move on what i'm trying to say is that it's late enough in the year that unless you find super short season crops like the radishes maybe beet greens short season lettuce that it's probably well it's not worth trying to plant corn or any of the summer crops
2: Okay. Next listener wants to know, when is the best time to overseed your lawn? And is it better to use just grass seed? They bought a mix and most of it appeared to be made of like some inert materials.
1: Well, and the, sometimes those mixes are like that to provide a little bit of cover for the seed that acts as a mulch. But if you just wanted to get some straight grass seed over the next two weeks, you know, sometime in late August is the best time to overseed.
2: Okay. Helen is on the line. And Marie, good morning, Helen. What was your question?
3: Hi, I've got an area about 10 by 10 feet um, of irises. And after they're all spent, um, I have always just cut them down to four inch length. But I wonder, can you take them down further than that? Am I, and another question, am I supposed to cut them down? You're they're in... just kind of covering up my boulders that I've got in my flower bed.
1: You're not supposed to cut them down. And so all you do is just cut the flowers out and then let them be. And if they happen to go dormant and the leaves go yellow in late fall, you can cut them then. But you're actually probably, by cutting them down mid-season, robbing them of enough energy to produce even more flowers
3: Oh, okay. So just leave them after they bloom. Just leave them after just they cut bloom. The stems. And
1: yeah, if they do, let them die back naturally and cut them back in. Okay. They need to be divided every three years or so to keep them flowering. Okay. If they get too crowded, they'll stop flowering. And but, when's
3: a good time
1: to divide them? Oh, it's one of those things you can do it in the fall, you can do it in the spring, you can do it now. They're pretty adaptable, oh. but generally about now is the best time because they have more time to root out and possibly flower again. You might have a year oh. wait, but um, now is as good a time as any. And what you'll do is just dig them and pull out a root length. They have these really thick roots. I think they're a corm is what it's called. Not that it matters. Uh-huh. And then you want one or two fans of leaves per root section. That's about six inches long and you cut those leaves back by, you want them to be about six inches long on there. Okay. So you just give them a haircut and a fan shape and plant them in their new home.
3: Okay. And then I don't plant them very deep either, don't Just do as I, deep they're... as they
1: were where you got them. Okay.
3: All right. Thank you very much. All
2: right, Helen. Thanks for your call this morning. Next listener, Tom, says they've had shade cloth over their tomatoes all summer. Should they remove it as the weather cools down? And at what temperature would they take? They that?
1: definitely can. Once we're in the mid to high 80s consistently, they can take the shade cloth off.
2: Okay. Darren is on the line in South Jordan. Good morning, Darren. What was your question?
3: Hey, I uh, was just curious. I've got a peach tree that I planted uh, last fall. And I did initial pruning early in the spring. I was wondering, is it okay to do any like mild pruning during this growing season? If there are some obviously branches growing where you don't want them to grow, or should you just wait, always just wait until the
1: early spring? If you can just wait. Um, Okay. It's just one of those things that peaches are horrendously susceptible to winter damage from fall pruning. So you can do some pruning, some gentle pruning in July, late June into July, and where you can remove some sucker sprouts and do a few things to just tidy up the tree. But after that, you just, unless it's dead or diseased, you let it go until the next spring and you, well, mid-March, I guess, early spring and prune in mid-March of next year. Okay.
2: All right, Darren.
3: I will be patient. Thanks.
2: Great. Thanks for your call this morning. Next listener, Tan wants to know what they can do about worms eating their green beans.
1: I wonder what worms, If, if maybe the foliage. Yeah. And there are some yeah. caterpillars. They can try a couple things. There's a spray called BT um, Thoracide. It's organic. Mm-hmm. And it has a really short wait to eat the beans again. So I would try something like BT first. And if that didn't work, maybe triple action.
2: Okay, Gary is on the line in Bountiful. Good morning, Gary. What was your question?
3: Not a question. I have a a box elder tree or bush in the back, and it keeps uh, dying at the top. You get plenty of good suckers, and I cut off the other. They grow, but then they turn black, and I don't know if it's too much water, too much sun, too much something or other.
1: It's probably neither. Box elder are riparian. They grow streamside and lakeside. And I would suspect that there's an internal disease in there that's knocking them out. Box elders get a lot of different canker diseases, and you could have something like that, or something internal that's knocking those branches out.
3: So nothing I can do. Just
1: keep no, doing it. I just keep pruning, and there's really nothing you can do.
3: Okay. And if Too late. go ahead. Too late for peas. You didn't mention
1: those. Yeah, it's too late. I mean, if you want to do some high-tunnel gardening and you're putting – or low-tunnel gardening to where you're building those hoop frames or triangular frames with uh, clear construction-grade plastic over the top, it's too late for most things. And even peas, I mean, you can get some 45-, 50-day peas, and you might get away with those, and you might not. Okay, Thank you.
2: All right, Gary. Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, Next listener wants to know, uh, before bringing houseplants back in the house, what to spray them with to get rid of insects?
1: Uh, You could use, you don't want to use a whole lot because the houseplants are somewhat sensitive. There are some systemics that are registered for houseplants that might be something to look into. Mm -hmm. And then horticultural soap. And I would just spray the plants down. With hort- once I would bring them once it's time bring them inside and isolate them in their own room. They need to be quarantined. Quarantined, mm-hmm. and then just out of hand, I if you want to do the systemic, that would go after aphids and scale, but for spider mites and a few other things, horticultural soap once every five, four or five days for three or four weeks, just to make sure everything's good and dead, but the plant.
2: All right. We need to take a break. When we come back, Ruth and Rick, you are up next. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Text us, five seven
1: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985.
2: Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you this morning. 801-575-8255, the number to call or text us at five seven five zero zero. Back to our phone lines. Ruth is on the line from Highland. Good morning, Ruth. What was your question?
3: Good morning. Um, yes, in my lawn, I've had problems uh, with dandelions and a little bit of clover. Uh, but this year, I have either it's a, either a Siberian or a Chinese elm that dropped hundreds of seeds, of course, this year, and they've germinated in my lawn. Um, I would have usually just used weed and feed or something to take care of the dandelion problems, but uh, with it being so hot, I don't know if um, if I can use something like that or what would um, take care of those, those trees because there's just hundreds of little trees that, you know, I can pull out one by one, but don't want to do that.
1: I... Don't use a general lawn weed killer right now because it's too hot. And the seeds are from Siberian Elm. Chinese Elm is a great tree. And I, I hate disparaging it because it forms a beautiful tree. So Siberian Elm. And if you wanted to spray anything, the only product that you could spray right now that would be safe for your lawn is made by a company called Image and it's called all-in-one lawn weed killer. Okay. And or well, you could wait for another month and then use any general lawn weed spray. But don't yeah, use I, weed and I, feed because they don't they're not nearly as effective as the liquid sprays.
3: Okay. And with that would I would I um heart um if I mow the lawn uh, and and it tops those little seedlings. Um, will that still be effective? That uh, image all in, all in
1: one. You will want that still to, be? Effective? It won't. You want to spray it on the leaves and leave it for okay. twenty four or forty eight hours, and then you can mow.
3: Okay, but it's not too hot to do that.
1: If with the image product, look at the label in case they change it. Those can change at any time. The last time I looked at one of the labels, a couple of years, uh, weeks ago, or months ago. There were no temperature restrictions on the image on when lawn weed killed
3: Okay, but that should take care of the dandelions and the clover as well. Oh yes,
1: it may take two or three weeks, but the clover, I'm a little hesitant to kill all the clover out if it's just here and there, but if it dies, it dies. But that image product will take the dandelions and the elms out.
3: Okay, great. And can I uh, spray it more than once this season?
1: Yet, or I think if you do it correctly, once should do it. Okay, but you can spot, you can touch up and spot spray with it again. That's fine.
3: Okay, thank you so much. Okay,
1: Ruth,
2: thanks so much for your call this morning. Uh, Next listener, Ton says, "How do they permanently get rid of suckers after cutting down a big tree? They say their fence line has become Suckerville."
1: You don't. Um, The tree should have been killed before it was cut down. Maybe they made an attempt. But if the trunk is still intact and, you know, 18 inches, two feet off the ground, I would work my way down six inches from the top of the trunk. Mm -hmm. If there's green tissue underneath and suckers coming off the trunk itself, drill in every two inches on a 45 degree angle with a half inch paddle bit and fill every hole with lawn weed killer or glyphosate. But the suckers, they need to snip and then dab with a paintbrush, concentrated Roundup or Kills All or Lawn Weed Killer on every one. And you have, want the concentrate, not the ready-to-spray stuff. And you do that for a couple of years and it will start to go after it. But it usually, the best practices is, is to kill the tree sometime in late summer or fall and then cut it down in the spring.
2: All right. Rick is on the line in Sandy. Good morning, Rick. What was your question this morning?
0: Um, I want to plant some f- roses, and I'm wondering, can I do it in October, or is it better to do it in the spring?
1: Not necessarily. Roses, I if you can find them, the sooner the better. I think October would be okay, but if you can find them on sale now, then I would go ahead and do that. Are, are, you, are they established or bare root?
0: No, they're going to be established, but I have tomatoes growing there now, and I don't want to... I want to wait till they're d- okay. done before I plant the okay. roses.
1: All right. Uh, you probably could, and they're deep enough. I, might, I would put a couple of inches of bark mulch, like chunk bark, around the bases, and as they go dormant, pile it up six inches tall at the base so that you have some of the branches in that bark mulch, and that will help protect them. Okay, great. Then that bark mulch comes off in the spring. And you may need to use a leaf blower on a low setting to get the bark out.
0: All right. All right, Thanks Rick, a lot.
2: Thanks a lot for your call this morning. I'm going to try and squeeze in Mark, who's on the line in Kaysville. Good morning, Mark. What was your question this morning?
1: Good morning. I wondered if Tom's trick of using ethylene to ripen fruit would work for peaches as well. No, it won't. Unfortunately, it's very fruit specific, you can do that with tomatoes, um, mainly, but because peaches, once a peach is picked, there is no more sugar development in the peach. And so when you buy store-bought oh. peaches and they're colored up and they taste kind of, eh, then that is why, because you get no more sugar development in the fruit. And so a banana, oh, okay. the ethylene may cause them to ripen, but they won't taste good. Okay, and then can you use a tomato to generate the ethylene well? No, you need the bananas. Yeah, you need the bananas because they off-gas a lot of ethylene. Okay, great. Thank you.
2: All right, Mark. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Time to take a break for the top of the hour news. When we come back, we'll be taking more of your questions at 801-575-8255. You can text us at five seven five zero zero. Have about 20 seconds here, Ton. I have a listener who has been keeping geraniums in their garage over the winter, and they have some that are 20 years old, and they didn't bloom this year. Is there something they can do to help those bloom?
1: Oh, boy. I i don't know. In 20 seconds, there's so much we'd have to go into. OK,
2: we're going to take that when we come back. And again, uh, we'll take a break for the top of the hour news.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
1: There's desperation and anguish.
0: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding.